It's good being God's house tonight, and uh, it's good to be here. I was in. I had the opportunity to preach in Russellville this morning at Oak Grove Baptist, and went down there and had a good time with some some other people that love God also, and uh, so it was it was good down there. And for some reason, the last two or three times I preached, I've just like hit the bullseye. They have had a fellowship meal every time <laughs> after church. So this is working out pretty good, <laughs> but uh, it shows a red light. Can y'all hear me okay? <laughs> Maybe. I need to yell a little louder. Is that what it is? <laughs> See if I can get everything fit on this. But uh, anyway, I did have a good time today. You know, anytime I get the chance to just preach or teach or whatever, I just always have a great time because you know how easy is it to just share what God is doing in your life just talk about your savior I mean that's the easiest conversation in the world or should be in our lives as Christians it's so easy to talk about Jesus and what he done for us you know I'm gonna I wrote this little I don't know if you call it a message, a teaching, or whatever. Actually, I wrote it during all this pandemic. And I know it ain't all the way over, but we're a lot further ahead than we was. Thank God for that. But uh, I've been working on this a pretty good while, and I just felt like this is what God wanted me to share tonight. So here we go. How many of you have ever asked someone when they walk into church, how are you doing? I've heard it quite a bit, and I heard it a lot this morning. What do we mean when we ask somebody that question? About their health? Probably about their health, maybe their family, maybe just them in general. How's everything going? Are you feeling okay? And, you know, one of the big questions is, man, did you get to avoid the coronavirus? (laughs) You didn't have that, did you? I hope not. I pray you didn't. You know, that's been one of the big things for the last, what, year and a half now? My goodness, it seems like it's forever, don't it? Maybe how's your job and, you know, all, all kind of different things like that. You know, in essence, what we're really asking is, how's your physical health? How's your physical life? But how often, let's flip that around, how often do we ask someone about their spiritual health, about their spiritual life? Probably not enough. And I'm in the probably not enough boat, too. You know, if you walk in, you know, Don, how you doing today? She's like, well, I'm fine. Everything's going good. Well, how's your spiritual life? <laughs> what did he ask me? <laughs> uh, and why, are we, why don't we ask that question more? Are we afraid of the answer? It could get into a pretty deep conversation, couldn't it? But maybe that's something that we need to look at a little bit more is let's ask someone about how their spiritual life is, how their spiritual health is doing. Because, you know, with everything that we've seen over the last year and a half or whatever, you know, we had the mask mandate, we had the social distancing mandate, we had all the capacity percentages, you know, you couldn't hardly meet no whore. Churches were shut down. There there wasn't no vaccine. And all these different things 
that were all geared towards our physical health, our physical life. Because the last thing we wanted to do, we wanted to avoid getting COVID. That's the bottom line. And the world pretty much shut down. You know, as life as we have experienced over the last several years. But in doing that, what did we do to our spiritual health, our spiritual life? Within the church, within families, and just, you know, just ourselves. Because, you know... I was, I was talking to one pastor, and he said the the biggest thing that he's worried about at his church is that his people don't miss church anymore. Because, you know, when church was shut down and everything, what was people doing? You know, Sunday morning was kind of a just another day. You know, I pray that there's some people that actually took the time to get up, maybe study with their families, and try to find something live. But then you think about that, that's when all the, a lot of the live stuff was really born, honestly. Some of the bigger churches were doing it, but smallest churches started streaming. And, you know, then on this side of it, you look and, you know, you started reaching more people by going live than we did probably sitting in the pews. And that's great. But our spiritual life I think revolves or should revolve around being part of a church because you need your church family. And I was bragging on y'all. Let me tell you, I was bragging on this church this morning because most of you know my wife and I, our lives has been up and down with taking care of the old people and mom dying, dad dying and all this stuff. And every time it happened, you know what happened? This church was there. They provided. They loved on us. They hugged on us. And I was up there just bragging away on y'all this morning. I just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> because I was talking about the church this morning. And, uh, and I couldn't help but just talk about this church. Because it's been such a big part in my life. And the love. And I was telling them this morning, you know, that when I walked the door down there, I just felt the love of God this morning. You know, I believe me, I preach enough churches now. I've walked in the door in some churches, and I'm like, why are they meeting? <laughs> Nobody won't talk to you, speak to you. The, you, just, you just feel the Spirit. Don't, don't even feel like it's there. And, uh, but I didn't feel that this morning. And I know this church is the same way. But it's all about the love. It's all about the spiritual health of the church. And... I understand that we have to be physically healthy, but we really have to focus on the spiritual health in our own lives in order to help the church out. So as we talk about the spiritual health, what are some questions that maybe we can ask somebody about your spiritual health? Think of something. I got to get y'all involved tonight. I ain't going to let you just sit there and listen to me ramble on. How's your prayer life? <laughs> How's your prayer life? Whew, that's a big one, ain't it? Are you asking me that? Oh, <laughs> but that—that that is a big one. You know, where are you at in your prayer life? Are you praying daily? Are you praying every time you need to make a big decision in your life? Are you praying when you're hurting? Are you praying when somebody you love is hurting? What's another one? I'm sorry. Are you in the Word? 
Are you in the Word? That's another really big one, ain't it? Because what should our spiritual lives revolve around? Not things we hear, not things we see, but God's Word. If we ain't in God's Word, we're not communicating with God because He speaks to us. This is alive. You know, a lot of people take this, and I've seen them laying on the, in the back of cars, just faded plumb out. I've seen them up on the shelves, you know, because we've been in a lot of houses painting and stuff. And they have 10 Bibles on the shelf, and there's so much dust on them. I don't even know if they've ever been off the shelf. Some of them, I think, become just decoration pieces. And, uh, but that is another big question. Do we ask that question? Or do we know we probably should? You know, I really think that's, that's a good question. But are we afraid to ask it? I mean, how many, how many of us are really bold enough to ask that question? How's your, how's your walk with God? Are you reading God's Word every day? Probably again, what? We're probably afraid of the answer again. Maybe we won't have a reply to it. What's another one? That's a big one because, you know, you look at churches now, you know, Sunday mornings was always, you know, really good and good attendance. And then Sunday night started declining. Wednesday night started declining. And that's all the way across the board. Every church struggles with it. What is taking our time from God? I've had some people tell me on Sunday afternoons, they're like, well, we don't have time to go to church because that, that's our family time. Well, why can't your family be lined up on that pew? <laughs> because we do stuff at home. They come over and we eat and we play games. and You know, as a, as a parent, and I'm, I'm a, I call myself a young parent, <laughs> but uh, raising three kids, and y'all have raised kids too. How much focus should we put into our family about God? I'm terrible. I can literally say as, as growing up, we, should, we did not put enough time towards God as we should have. Because we've done other things. You know, I ain't going to sit here and just harp on somebody for not bringing them on Sunday night or Wednesday night because I know I've been in that boat. But on, on the flip side of the coin, though, that is a big thing that if our family is so important that we, we, take, them for, we take them to the doctor for their physical health, we'll travel across country to try to get them help for something, for some kind of sickness, we'll do everything we can for our family. We will. But do we do everything we can for our family's spiritual health? We probably lack in it. You know, like I said, I got three sons right now. They've all been saved. Praise God for that. I'm happy for them. But none of them are an active part of a church. And we got four grandkids. Got one on the way. And as I think about that, you know, uh, one of our grandkids come up here to church with us one day, and 
me and Kelly was doing something inside. And he said, man, look at that pirate ship back there. I had to set him down. Son, that is not a pirate ship. <laughs> so I had to share Noah's Ark story. That is Noah's Ark. And he just looked at me with deer in headlights. And I was like, oh, okay. We should be sharing with our children about God. That is the most important thing in their lives, even when they get older. Because my kids are 27, 26, and 21, and I still need to talk to them more about Jesus. And a lot of times I fail at that as a parent myself. What's another good question? Could it be just in general? How's your relationship with God? And boy, you can get some answers when you ask that. I've heard them before. Well, I go to church. Or I'm a member of a church. Well, where are you a member of church at? And they'll ramble off something. Well, I've been there a few times. I've never seen you. Well, I ain't been in, it's probably been a year or two. <laughs> You know, where is our spiritual health at? What is going on? So, you know, as we talk about spiritual health and the physical health, we know symptoms of physical health, right? What are some of those symptoms? You know, maybe a fever, maybe a cough, maybe a runny nose, sneezing. You know, there's different, all kinds of different things. And then if you get into some of the other diseases, there's symptoms. What are some symptoms of our spiritual health, of sickness? And, you know, I'd, of course, I had, to, I had to look some of this up and as I was studying it. It started stepping on my toes, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. First one was pride. I was like, Ouch. You know, that, that really hurt. Pride can be one of the spiritual sickness symptoms. If I said that right, I don't even know if that's proper grammar. Somebody's going to get me here. <laughs> but uh, so you think about pride. Why do we have pride in our lives? Is it because we think we can do it ourselves? Is it because sometimes, I don't need God, I got this. It's not always that easy, is it? Sometimes we have that struggle in our life with pride. Then number two, this is a big one. How about going through the motions? Know anybody like that? I've been there done that why have we come to church think about that that's a good question let's let's ask the audience here why do people come to church it becomes a good habit sometimes that stems from childhood don't it because i know my parents that's where i always kind of joke around with the guys at jail i said i had a drug problem ever since i was this big and they all, you know, I kind of got their attention when I say that. I said, I have been drugged to church every time the door was open. And, you know, that's, that's true. 
Every time that church door was open, my mom them drug me through it. Sometimes I didn't want to go, but it became, like you said, it became a habit. Wow, it's Sunday. I got to get up and go to church. Wow, it's Sunday night. I got to go to church. It's Wednesday night. I got to go to church. But where, as I'm going to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, what reason am I going for? Or am I just going because that's what I've always done? You know, when we go to church, we need to be prepared for what God has for us. He just don't want us to come in here and just sit down and, okay, we made it tonight. When, when we come into this building, God wants us to worship him. It is all about God. It's really not about us at all. What's another reason we come to church? Exactly. You're deflated. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do we get to that point? Are we letting the world just beat us down? The world takes away all those things you just mentioned. If you're not into God's word, if your prayer life is not on cue, the world can take every single one of them away from you. And sometimes it does it before we even realize it. Because... We come, I guess, complacent in who we're at in our walk with God. Because we should be striving every day to have a better relationship, a closer relationship with God. And it's, it's tough because the world takes up so much of our time. The third thing is a religious spirit. That's interesting, ain't it? Well, don't I need to be religious to be in church? Or well, religious people hung Jesus on the cross, didn't they? They had a religious spirit. But what we've got to be careful with the religious spirit is tearing people down in church. Well, you know what she done? And you go over here and you start talking to them about it. And we, we had this conversation in, in Sunday school this morning at church. Because they were trying to figure out, well, how do you approach somebody when they do something wrong? And they brought up some Bible verses, but one of them said, the worst thing that we can do is, I can go over here and talk to you about their problems. Or I go talk to you about her problems. Because what are we doing then? We are tearing each other down and dividing the church. And it happens so much in churches so we have to watch that religious spirit of, I'm better than you. My sin's not big as yours. We have to be careful in that. And here's a big one, and it's false idols. Now you think of that. You know, as you read the Old Testament, you think about the, all the false idols that we see them, they worshiped. And, you know, honestly, today here in America, you look around, you're like, well, I don't really see a lot of people worshiping statues and these these kind you know these things and staffs and stuff like that 
But let's get into it a minute. What are some of the things that we worship? Somebody throw some out there. Work. That's a big one, ain't it? Because you think about, and I know a lot of people, you know, you may not have any control over your job sometimes, but how many people work on Sunday mornings that don't have to? They do it willingly just because they want more money, because it makes them feel important along that line. So our job can honestly become an idol in our life. It can take our time from God. Because, you know, you think about, especially if you work in some crazy hours. I remember when I worked at the factory, I used to go in at 3 in the morning and get off 3 in the afternoon. Do you think I squeezed God in there any time after that? Because I sure didn't get up at 1 o'clock in the morning and go in there and sit down and read my Bible. So work can become an idol in our life. That interferes with our relationship with God. And we've got to keep that in mind. Anything that interferes with your relationship with God is an idol in your life. What's another big one? Possessions. Possessions. Well, it covers a lot of area, don't it? Because you think about the things that you want in life. Oh, I want this big house. I want this new car. I want this new boat. <laughs> I want this over here. I want that over there. And all that. Then it ends up going back to what? Going back to the work that you mentioned. Because in order to get all that, now we've got to work to pay for all that. Now all of it doesn't become idle in your life. Your family. You think about that. How can your family become an idol in your life? Because it can get in between you and God. You know, I've, I've done some ministry with some people, and one in general, that he talked about his family. His family did not believe in God at all growing up. And... He said that when him and his wife got married, they wanted the family to come over to their house for Thanksgiving and have a Thanksgiving meal and everything. And he said that eventually his mom kind of come around and she actually got saved. But his dad, dad was dead set. There ain't no God. God does not exist. Period. He said he wouldn't talk about it or anything. Well, anyway, he said... When he got married and they had this Thanksgiving meal, they said his dad come over. And he, and he said, it was tough. He said, I struggled with it to share my faith when dad was around. Because he's always told me that there is no God. Don't believe that junk, Mike. Well, later on, he said at the Thanksgiving meal, he said, all right. He said, I want to bless this food, so let's pray. He said as he started bowing his head, he heard something. He looked up. It says, Dad took his chair, stood up, turned his back, and sat back down while he prayed. He said the most devastating thing in his life. But he said he prayed on through it because he said he knows that God is greater than any problem. 
So he went through that, prayed, and he said, when he got done, he said, after the meal, he said his dad walked up to him, son, you know God don't exist. That is just stuff that you shouldn't believe in. And was still, you know, dead strong about it. I said about a year or so went by after the families got together a couple different times. And he said, I prayed every time. And he said, all along the way, I was praying for him also. Mom started praying for him. My brother started praying for him after he became a Christian because his brother wasn't a Christian either. And uh, make a long story short, a few years went by and God started cracking that old hard heart. And he said at the last Thanksgiving, he said his father prayed for the meal. And, you know, it just goes to show you what God can do in our lives if we just pray. If we just pray. But, you know, going back to the family as the false idol, you know, he was in a tough situation right there. And that family could have become so important to him that he left God. But he didn't. And, you know, you got, and, of course, everybody in here knows money is a big one. That kind of ties into everything we've already talked about. And where's Joanne when I need her? Golf can be one. <laughs> I like aggravating her. Because that was me. I used to get up and i go play golf religiously on Sunday mornings. Done it for years and years and years. Church never crossed my mind. You know, being on a lake in a boat, that could be another one. There's so many that we, we don't have enough time in here tonight to name off all the idols in our lives that if we got focus on, that would interfere with our relationship with God. All right, let's look at another one here. Is neglecting spiritual discipline. We talked about it already a little bit. Prayer, Bible study. Church attendance. The lack of church attendance is one. Where you at on Sunday morning? Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I ain't saying you have to be at church every time the door is open. But a lot of people, well, I, church is only for Sundays. Thank God, God don't only take care of me on Sundays. I'd be in trouble. What about y'all? You know, if, if God can be with me, walk with me, take care of me seven days a week, why can't I give him glory seven days a week? Why can't I worship him seven days a week? Sometimes we find it hard with our lives and our schedule. Believe in Satan's lies. What in the world do we mean by believing Satan's lies? Anybody ever been told you ain't good enough? Anybody ever been told, well, that sin's okay. It'll be all right. That's a little sin. Anybody ever been told that you don't have to believe in God? That's Satan lies. What are some others? Anybody got any? 
You think about Satan and how he lies to us, how he deceives us in our everyday life. Just being a good person. You know, that's a big one. I actually had that conversation with one of my renters the other day. I went over there to pick up some money, and we were just talking in general. And uh, he was talking about he, he watches news all the time, which is the biggest downfall in his life. You have to get off the news. <laughs> but he loves watching the news. And uh, he said, you know, the most important thing in life is just be a good person. He said, everything in life is going to be okay. He said, that's all God wants anyway. And I looked at him. I said, do what? He said, God just wants you to be a good person. I said, there's more to it than that. He said, well, that's all you got to be. Just, he said, that'll get you to heaven. He took it a step further. He said, that'll get you to heaven. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's talk about this a minute. And uh, he said, uh, that's what I've been taught. He's Catholic or got a Catholic background. And he said, if I'm a good person, God will accept me on judgment day. I said, really? I said, well, my Bible don't say that. So I started pulling some scripture up, and we started reading some scripture together. And Of course, we got stuck on John 14.6 is where we really got stuck at. And what does Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except what? Through me. And he looked at me a minute. He said, but you still need to be a good person. I said, a good person? I said, that will be the fruit of your relationship with Jesus Christ. I said, now, not all good people. I said, I think, I truly believe hell is going to be full of good people. And I know a lot of good people that I love dearly that will probably go straight to hell but they'd do anything in the world for you but on the other hand when I shared that verse with him or when we got to that verse he says so Jesus is the only way to heaven he said that's not what I've been taught all my life I said I'm not saying that I said it's in God's word and I said, all I can do is leave you with that. I said, if it's in God's word, it's true, and there's no debate. I said, you will not change my mind on it. If God says this is the only way, this is the only way. And he looked at me, and our conversation kind of ended right there, and I left. And I don't know what next month's going to behold when I go by there. <laughs> but, you know, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. Because all I'm doing is planting seeds. God's doing everything else. All I got to do is plant a seed. Then the last one is serving with the wrong motives. Serving with the wrong motives. You ever served in church for the wrong purpose? You ever know anybody that did? You know, I... There's been, I've known deacons in churches that served because they wanted to have enough power to make the changes that they wanted. Maybe not necessary to help the church. Maybe not necessarily along what God wants. There's preachers that have 
preached God's word because they wanted the recognition. They didn't give God the glory for it. Did you hear what I did? You know, people are really good at, well, I'm a Sunday school teacher. I'm a deacon. I'm a head of this committee. I'm a head of that committee. I'm a song leader. And they just name off all these good things they do in church. But why are they doing it? I think it may take us back around to the pride thing. Because they want to be recognized for doing something. And that's a, that's a dangerous game to play with God. So as we think about our spiritual health or, and physical health and all this stuff, why in the world can't we put more emphasis on our spiritual health than we do our physical? Because these old physical bodies, they're going to be gone one day. And everything on that day when every knee will bow before God will come down to your spiritual life. It's not going to come down, well, he had cancer, I'm going to let him come on in. Well, he had this, I'm going to let him come in. It's not going to be like that. What is your spiritual life? Did you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? The blood of Jesus is the only thing that will get you in. So let's focus on our spiritual life more than we do our physical life. Let's pray. Lord God, we just come to you tonight. and God, we know in our minds, God, that you meet every physical need that we have. You always do. God, it don't mean our physical lives are not always tough, always hard. We endure a lot of things. But God, we need to put so much more emphasis on our spiritual life. And that spiritual life, that's a relationship with you. God, when we get in that love relationship with you, our life will completely change. And that is what will make the difference when that time comes, when every knee will bow. God, I just thank you for allowing me to speak here tonight. I thank you for the, all those that are here tonight. God, I just pray that we're a better person when we leave tonight than we was when we got here. And God, my ultimate prayer is, if there is anyone in here, God, that is struggling in their spiritual life, God, that they will try to get that right tonight. God, if there's anyone in here that is lost, that they would accept you before it's eternally too late. God, we're going to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise because you deserve it all. And God, we just want to tell you that we love you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all.